0: Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks. And let's go. What up, everybody? Sorry for the technical difficulties we are currently having with sound in the intro video. But Calvin and I, were here. It's Monday, and we're ready to talk some NBA basketball. Calvin, is that right? Yeah, we got a
1: little championship break, and uh, now we're back at it. Offseason is officially here.
0: Yes, the offseason is officially here. We got a fun show for you guys today. First, we're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. Then we're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings and a potential John Collins trade. Before we jump into four more NBA offseason rebuilds for you guys, we're going to talk about the Lakers, the Spurs, the Clippers, the Pelicans. Then we're going to briefly touch back on the NBA draft and let you guys know what to expect from us throughout the rest of the week, because Thursday, Calvin, is the NBA draft. day officially officially. So welcome in everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. All right, Calvin, let's uh let's talk a little bit about this Kyrie Irving news. Uh you know, it, it could be news, it could not be news because we've been talking about this stuff all season long. But first off, apparently Kyrie and the Nets have uh, reached an area where they haven't been before, where they can't negotiate a contract extension, and they're contemplating whether both sides can remain together next season. Uh, What are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, My thoughts on this are it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, if you're Brooklyn, you know, as great a player as Kyrie Irving is, I just don't see a way that I can justify paying him a max deal if he's only available for 30 games um, or whatever the case may be. And part of the problem with Kyrie Irving is it's not like a, a health, well, a health and safety thing, right? But it's not a, an injury prone thing where you're like Anthony Davis, for example, where you're saying when he's healthy, we are great. And we, we want to roll the dice on you know, banking that he'll be out there physically able to play.
0: Health is an issue with him also, though.
1: But mentally is a different – mental health is a different thing. And um, mental health maybe isn't the right uh, phrase for Kyrie Irving, but there's just so much more stuff that you can't control in this situation if you're the Nets. Um, So while I think in an ideal world they would love to re-sign him, it, it may not be possible.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned mental health, physical health has also been a problem with him. We saw it in college with him only playing a few games at Duke. Uh we saw it in the NBA with him missing lots of NBA finals games, playoff games, regular season games. So injuries have definitely been a concern for him as well. This just adds kind of another layer on here. I expect Kyrie Irving to be moved this offseason, whether it's a buyout and he ends up signing with another team, whether it's it's a full-on trade. My big question and concern, I guess, if I was a Nets fan, was what does this mean for KD, right? Because KD and Kyrie went to the Nets together to build this, like, dark super team that's you know, plays on all the critics and they're kind of the bad guy. Now Kevin Durant's there. Kyrie Irving might be gone. We just saw James Harden shipped out last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Nets... We talked about how difficult their offseason is. It's getting more and more difficult here.
1: It really is. I mean, there's not a lot of ways, I think, that you can salvage this situation if you're Brooklyn in terms of being able to to, uh, maximize on a return here if you're going to move Kyrie Irving. I know one team that's probably really excited to hear this news, and we're going to talk about them in a little bit. That would be the Lakers.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Lakers have got to be stoked on this. I saw a potential LeBron James for Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, what would you think about that? Um, I think
1: the Nets would win that trade Yeah, pretty easily. <laughs> I, I, do, I really do.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of, of injuries, LeBron's had some injury concerns lately. The dude has been yeah. amazingly healthy his entire career, but the last few seasons he has had some health concerns. I'm sure he'd love to play with KD. Uh, I'm not sure if he would uh, Welcome a trade somewhere Because he seems to be the guy that always wants to be In control of his future um, But it would be it would be quite interesting Not sure why the Lakers Would do this um, I don't see that being but uh, if LeBron Says he's not he doesn't Want to be in LA anymore You get Kyrie Irving I guess
1: So Then you have well yeah uh, I mean you got to get something back for LeBron James but that just just makes no sense to me at at all. Uh, I mean, this to me, this signals the whole, uh, Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving, you know, rumors that we were hearing a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago. This just makes this much more realistic to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What's up, Gotham? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, it is a long time. No, see, Calvin and I have been busy. We've got a lot of stuff going on. The playoffs are over, but we're going to continue to bring you guys fresh content, so make sure you guys stay tuned in. We appreciate the support, as always. Hopefully, you can jo- join us on Thursday for the NBA draft. We will be on Royal Rebounds celebrating the Kings for that. Calvin, I noticed you got the Bulls shirt on today. Mm. I saw another potential rumor that we talked about, I think, a week, maybe two weeks ago, and that's Anthony Davis to the Bulls. Um, that seems like it could be more possible with, uh, you know, if, if Russell Westbrook's not able to be traded. Anthony Davis, I think he's from Chicago. He is. Uh, any more thoughts on that before we move on here?
1: Well, I mean, as a fan, I would love for that to happen. But these these mega deals like this, you know, the the big blockbuster type trades with the biggest names in the league, they uh They rarely happen for a reason, right? Like, it's not a a very common thing, and I think a lot of these are going to be more rumors than reality. The difference with the Kyrie Irving situation is, as it gets closer and closer to them, realizing that they may not come to an agreement on re-signing this guy, then you have to decide, do we just cut our losses and, and get nothing in return for him, or do we try to to make a trade and get something back. I don't think the Lakers are at that point with Anthony Davis yet. So,
0: I also saw it could potentially be a sign-in trade for Zach Levine because Zach Levine is mentioned. He loves L.A. He wants to be in L.A. Uh, they'd love to keep LeBron, Levine, and Anthony Davis together. That would be an yep. amazing super team. But if it's not possible, Anthony Davis for Zach Levine could potentially work out for both teams, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it could. I mean, if Anthony Davis is healthy for the majority of next season, I think Chicago
0: easily wins that deal. Yeah. But,
1: you know, it's interesting.
0: In other news, Heat's P.J. Tucker will opt out of his $7.4 million player option, making him a free agent this offseason. Big news there. The Pacers are seriously discussing trades surrounding Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Definitely have to keep our eyes on that situation. And uh, Kings fans, good news for Kings fans here. Apparently the Kings are discussing a potential trade with the Atlanta Hawks to bring John Collins to Sacramento. And the fourth pick is reportedly off the table for Sacramento. Calvin, you and I have discussed John Collins' At nauseam on Royal rebounds and, and kind yeah. of briefly on this channel as well. But uh, apparently this trade that I just want to float out here, Kings get John Collins, Hawks get Harrison Barnes, a 2023 first round pick top 10 protected pick number 37 in the 2022 NBA draft, which is a second round pick. What are your thoughts on this?
1: My thoughts are that would be a good deal for Sacramento. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what that would mean for Atlanta, uh, other than they've just decided to move on from John Collins and and uh, you know Harrison Barnes is a good role player to have, but they've already got a bunch of wings on that team, so mm-hmm. th- it's an interesting move from Atlanta's perspective, a team that does reportedly want to try to move up in the draft as well. Yep. But uh, I- if you're the Kings and y- you can get this done and not give up the fourth pick, Huge. that's that's amazing. Plus, and it also signifies to me that they're they're not moving up to draft either Smith or Holmgren. Yeah, they
0: could they're get Ivy. They're probably
1: not moving down to draft a guy like Keegan Murray if you've got John Collins. Yep. So they probably sit at four and take Ivy.
0: We just talked about the two and the four are the biggest positions in need. This would eliminate both of those, I guess, needs for the Kings. I could see a deal like this potentially happening. I don't think it can happen until after the NBA draft. Otherwise, uh, it's, it's trading multiple picks or, or could uh, incapacitate the Kings as far as what they could do during the draft and stuff like that. But I actually like this move a lot for both teams. Obviously, the Kings solve their, uh, their four position. They get a little bit younger. And then if you look at the Hawks, they've had a guy in John Collins that they drafted. He's played extremely well for them. They signed him to a big deal, and then now he seems to not be happy. So they could be kind of moving off that contract, getting a first-round pick, and a guy like Harrison Barnes, who played a lot of time at the four last season for Sacramento. He passes the ball extremely well. He's a veteran, and also he's had tremendous success around a point guard that can shoot exceptionally well, and that's Steph Curry. So I I could see something like that potentially working out uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, with Trey Young um but it also depends on what happens with Gallinari too right because i think that could be a little bit of a logjam in having Harrison Barnes and Gallinari together yeah yeah absolutely but i think this i think this trade could potentially help both teams honestly i think the kings are getting the better end of this deal
1: oh i agree 100% especially if they're able to keep that uh that pick top 10 protected yep i mean Huge. you know we uh, as uh, guys that cover the kings we hope and want them to not be a top 10 pick next year. But if you look at history, it shows you that there's a pretty good chance they will be. So if you can keep that as well and get a a starting, you know, caliber power forward, that's, that's a big, big move.
0: Yeah, that's huge. All right, Calvin, let's go ahead and dive here into, I guess our main subject of today, and that's going to be rebuilding four teams from the Western conference. We're going to be rebuilding the Lakers, the Spurs, the Clippers, and the Pelicans today. So, Calvin, let's start off here with the L.A. Lakers. They missed the playoffs last season. Starting lineup, they got Russell Westbrook at the one, Austin Reeves at the two with Malik Monk coming off the bench, THT Taylor Horton-Tucker playing the three, Stanley Johnson at the four, and Anthony Davis at the five. Obviously, LeBron James is off this list due to the injury. I think he would be starting at the small forward position for them, potentially power forward. Uh, As far as the salary cap goes, Russell Westbrook's got a player option for next season that he will opt in at $47 million. LeBron's got one more year left on his deal. Anthony Davis has three years left. THT's got two years left. Kendrick Nunn has a player option. And pretty much everybody else on this roster is expiring, including Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley, uh, Malik Monk, and a bunch of other guys. So, Calvin, I want to ask you, what do the Lakers need to do to improve this offseason to get back into the NBA playoffs and compete for a championship?
1: Well, of course, the easiest and number one answer to this question is stay healthy, right? Like you've got all this money committed to potentially, if Westbrook is on this team still next year, that him, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Um, and those guys are, uh, you know, two of them are get, are definitely getting older. One of them is you know, sort of entering the later stages of his prime. So you need those guys to be on the court healthy in order for this team to succeed. Now, if you're going to take like the 2K route, I guess to rebuild this team, then you're going to try to pull off one of these mega deals, right? Like Westbrook for Kyrie or Anthony Davis sign and trade for Zach Levine. Um, You know, it's easy to get onto the trade machine and go crazy with that stuff. That is is incredibly hard to predict. So I'm not necessarily going to suggest any of those things because I don't know how realistic any of them really are. I think in an, a perfect world, the Lakers would love to move Russell Westbrook. We've mm-hmm. heard that you know, basically since uh, their regular season ended. It just doesn't seem like it might be that possible anymore. John Wall was uh, talked about for a while. Kyrie Irving has talked about. Probably will be talked about more again, but we just don't know what that. So for now, I'm just going to say, let's assume Russell Westbrook stays on this team next year, as well as Anthony Davis. It's going to be a really rough offseason, I think, for the Lakers. First of all, they lost their first round pick. It yep. went to New Orleans pick at number, number eight. eight. Wow. That would have been a great spot to to pick for them. <laughs> So now you have to look basically at free agency and because you've already got so much money committed You can't just go out there and be like hey Bradley Beal Do you want to come play for us or hey, you know uh, All these top guys, so you basically are living, you know in the middle to bottom Feeder section of free agency what this team really needs is shooting They need to fill out their front court and they need to be better defensively So i'm looking at you know if i'm the lakers i'm kind of hoping kendrick Nunn opts in to this deal you know, at least for one year, he's an expiring contract. He would be another serviceable uh, guard, a younger player that they could use. But uh, I'm looking at guys like, and again, I know I just talked about getting younger, but P.J. Tucker is is an intriguing guy for me. Mm-hmm. Just opted out. I don't know wh- how much money he's going to want necessarily, but fits the mold for what the Lakers need. A, a tenacious defender, uh, a guy that can space the floor, shoots it from outside really, really well. Um, Another person you know, I think you're going to hear a lot of the same names that you've heard for years with the Lakers Dwight Howard. Yep. um, Andre Drummond is a free agent Mitchell Robinson is also a free agent and that would be somebody that I would definitely take a look at if I'm the Lakers. He's restricted, right? I don't think so. Let me check here, but
0: he was a second round pick or late first.
1: He was uh, that's I don't know the answer to that one either. Because that uh,
0: that'll that'll tell you the difference on whether he is restricted or not. I believe he is restricted.
1: I thought I s- and now of course I can't find him, but I thought I saw him being an unrestricted free agent. Anyway, uh, it says yeah, here he is, right here. It says he's unrestricted, but um, you know, guys like Nas Reed, for example, in in uh, Minnesota, the Timberwolves have a a team option on him if he becomes. An unrestricted free agent. You know, again, these guys aren't necessarily, uh, you know, franchise-changing players, but they're good role players that, if put around superstars like LeBron and, yep. and Anthony Davis, it might actually work. Um, Malik Monk, of course, is another one that I'm desperately trying to re-sign. If I'm the Lakers, I just mm-hmm. don't know if I'm going to have enough money to do so because he was really, really productive, and he uh, was their probably their best overall outside shooter last season. But, you know, again, guys like Cody Martin or Caleb Martin, versatile wings uh, that can sh- shoot it from outside uh, and defend. That That's what this team needs to go out and get. So I would definitely be starting with that. I'm also keeping track on what Oklahoma City does with Lou Dort because I would love to land him if I'm the Lakers.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be huge. That would be huge. This Lakers team, you're right, has a really tough offseason. But they do have some flexibility in terms of, like, all these guys are all expiring, right? Like, they have basically five guys that are under contract for next season. Two of those are player options. The other three is LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Tht. If I'm the Lakers, I'm seriously looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, okay, are we competing for a championship next season? Because if we are and that's the goal – I need to go the same uh, route that LeBron has won all his championships, and that's surrounding him by two other stars and adding in a bunch of uh, wing players that can three and D. Um, So if that's the step I'm taking, I'm saying I got LeBron, I got Anthony Davis, I either need to move Westbrook Maybe with THT to clear some cap space and bring in a guy like Zach Levine and then just add in maybe one mid-level and a bunch of shooters and defensive-oriented guys. If that's not possible, I think you're pretty much stuck with Westbrook. And you have your Westbrook-James-Davis combo. Maybe another year of playing together. Maybe you can convince Russell Westbrook to be a little less selfish. Um, And you just add in old veterans, ring chasers. Uh, I expect a lot of these guys to return. Dwight Howard potentially, Carmelo Anthony, Avery Bradley. A lot of these guys I expect to return to this roster. Now, the third option for the Lakers this offseason, and this is if you feel like maybe you aren't a championship contender or you're not going to win the title next season, and that would be to trade some of these guys. And as much as I hate to say this because I'm a big LeBron fan, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I'm a big LeBron fan, Anthony Davis is the last... Of this big three that I'm trading he's only 29 years old he had a down year last offseason this guy was supposed to be the future of the Lakers he's the one I'm holding on to and I'm trying to trade LeBron Westbrook and start from scratch
1: yeah that seems like blasphemy to even think of or say that you would trade LeBron James I don't expect
0: that to happen. If they Even don't the, win, if they're not going to win a title, if they're not competing for a title next season, well, you got to do something. What did
1: Genie Bus say this off season? It that that last year wasn't acceptable. When you spend yep. that much money, uh, you expect to compete for a championship. Yep. So that's th- that's the Laker way. Um, they've yep. got those three big mega stars on this team. That's the direction I expect them to go to try to go for next season.
0: Yeah, and the fact that. LeBron and Westbrook are both under contract next season if Westbrook does opt in here and that's the last year of their deal and you still have two more years of Anthony Davis after that so if you want to say okay we're going to run it back one more year and see what happens and if this team doesn't succeed we're going to move on with just Anthony Davis as our future star but like you mentioned earlier they don't have many draft picks. So the only way that this team would be able to compete in the next five seasons in my year or in my, uh, you know, thoughts would be to sign big name free agents, which they've done numerous times in the past. And it's very, very possible, but they don't have the cap space to do it this off season. So they might have to wait until next year. Yeah. They, they, they basically went all in on Anthony Davis. They got Mm -hmm. rid of all their draft picks, all their young players, um so, you know, they won a title. It was worth it. Right? But what do you do at this point? Yeah. Any last thoughts on this Lakers rebuild before we move on here?
1: Uh, you know, any any team that uh any team that employs LeBron James is kind of at his mercy, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it Le, Le GM as we've now come to know him to know him. Uh he's you know, for good and the right reasons, I think makes a lot of these calls and and determines, you know, what happens roster wise with, with whatever team he's playing on. So you, like you said, they're all in on Anthony Davis. They've been all in on LeBron James since he became a Laker. He's, that's the reason they got Anthony Mm -hmm. Davis. That's the reason they got (laughs) Russell Westbrook. And it's going to be more of the same this off season. You know, LeBron wants to win, and the question is how can they how can they construct this roster to make that happen, keeping in mind the fact that they need to
0: stay on the court and be healthy first and foremost yep, and you know there is a slight chance that they could end up pulling a deal of a Russell Westbrook for a Kyrie Irving or a Russell Westbrook for a Zach Levine. And the only reason I say that second one is possible is because if you're the Bulls, do you want to lose Zach Levine for nothing? Right. Or do you at least want to get, maybe we can get a draft pick. Maybe we can get THT and one year of Russell Westbrook. And then he's, he's off the books.
1: We'll see. So. I mean, there's also reports coming out of Chicago that Levine is leaning towards re-signing. So yeah. uh, it's, like, that's why you know when you talk about these mega deals or these big sign and trades for all star caliber or perennial all star players, it, it's you're really living in a virtual reality kind of, yeah. Uh, until
0: it becomes reality in in two K world, yeah. Well, if you're a Lakers fan, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Calvin and I cover the L.A. Lakers and many other teams in the NBA, and we will continue to this entire offseason and into next season. We would appreciate if you guys would subscribe to the channel. Also, if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, if you like or didn't like what Calvin and I mentioned in, uh, as far as our rebuild, let us know down below in the comments. We would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, Calvin, next up. Let's talk about the Spurs here. The San Antonio Spurs, they missed the playoffs again, unfortunately. They made it to the play-in, but they lost right away. They finished last season with a 34-48 and 48 record. Unfortunately, missing the uh, playoffs for Greg Popovich. Let's take a look here at the starting lineup and the salary cap real quick before we uh, let you know what our offseason needs are for the San Antonio Spurs. So, according to ESPN, DeJounte Murray is starting at the 1. Joshua Primo is starting at the 2 with Lonnie Walker coming off the bench. Devin Vassell is starting at the 3. Keldon Johnson at the 4. And Jakob Pertle at the 5. Let's see, take a look here at salary cap stuff. DeJounte Murray's got two years left on his deal same with Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson, and Jacob Pertle have one year left. Zach Collins has two years left. Lonnie Walker is expiring. He is a restricted free agent. And then you have guys like Devin Vassell, two years left on his rookie deal. Joshua Primo's got three years left. Romeo Lankford is entering in the last year of his rookie contract. Same as Keldon Johnson. And then you just have a, a, a couple very young guys on like one year, 1.8, 1.7, 1.5, million-dollar uh, deals like Trey Jones and stuff like that. So, Calvin, if you're the Spurs, what are your needs? What are you doing in this offseason to help get this team back where it belongs?
1: Well, the Spurs are an interesting team. They're, I think this is one of the teams in the league that is going to rely more on their player development people than, than a lot of other teams in the NBA because they've got a lot of nice young pieces that if they can – improve and make a couple of steps, this team gets dramatically better, you know, without really adding too many pieces. I'm talking about guys like Devin Vassell, Joshua Primo, Mm -hmm. um, even DeJounte Murray, who's coming off of an all-star season. If he takes another step, then, you know, of course that accelerates things so much. I'm really looking at the front court with this team. Uh, I want to be adding players, you know, at the center and power forward position, trying to upgrade in those those areas. Zach Collins is a guy that I think a lot of people are intrigued by, um, but has never really fulfilled the promise he had coming out of college. Part of that is definitely injuries, right? I mean, I think he played—I have it here—66 and 77 games his first two years. He's played just 39 games in the last three years combined wow. since then. Wow. So. <clears throat> and he hasn't exactly been super productive even when he's been on the floor. So uh, there's a big question mark for me with him. San Antonio's picking at in the ninth spot in this draft. That all the mock drafts have them or have San Antonio selecting um Jay, what's his name? Duran out of Memphis. Where is he?
0: I see AJ Griffin on Tankathon. Jalen Duran.
1: Uh you know, I think you're probably going to see a couple of different things that uh, taking another wing wouldn't make a lot of sense to me if you're San Antonio, just because y- you've already got those positions pretty much filled. Uh, of course, there's a question of, you know, do you just take best available? There aren't a ton of really, really highly rated big men in this class outside of the top three. But as I mentioned before, this is a team that I think can kind of play the long game a little bit because they're so young. hmm and durin fits that mold he's only 18 years old He's got one of the most nba ready bodies already for an 18 year old 611 250 pounds uh, We saw him give chet holmgren a lot of problems when they played uh, Excuse me gonzaga earlier this year And it, he's a guy that just like joshua primo last year they drafted He spent a lot of this of last season in the g league developing They might take the same route here with a guy like durin and uh, so that that pick makes a lot of sense to me. And then outside of that, I don't necessarily like the fact that I've got nearly $26 million committed combined to Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott for next year, but they still have, you know, a reasonable amount of flexibility out there. So to, for me, it, it's all about player development. Um, and I, I don't necessarily see San Antonio being able to make a big splash by trade or, in free agency even though they've got some room to sign people maybe you're able to to sign a guy like say gary harris or you know one of those second tier Mm -hmm. free agents Um, but i i think you're you're comfortable maybe in the short term here with player development and and the young pieces that you've got on this team currently
0: yeah yeah i I couldn't agree more with (laughs) you calvin i think this spurs team they're young um, they draft exceptionally well, and they develop players exceptionally well. I think they just got to be patient. you got to look back and say, okay, we won, what, five rings? Uh, we, we were good, this good for this long. How did we get there? It was by drafting well, developing players, and keeping them together. And I think that's exactly what the Spurs need to do here. And I think Spurs fans are, are totally okay with being a little patient because they want to build the right way. They don't want to mortgage their future for a win-now team. I love DeJounte Murray a lot. I like Lonnie Walker. I think they need to re-sign him. I think Devin Vassell is is playing exceptionally well for how young he is. And I like Keldon Johnson as well. So for me, the main needs for this team is maybe another shooting guard and, like you said, a center. Um, I I totally agree with you with the draft. I like Jalen Duran. I also like Mark Williams out of Duke. I think he could play exceptionally well and be a great rim protector for them so they could play a little bit more aggressive defense on the perimeter. Um, But, yeah, I don't envision this team signing a big-name free agent in the offseason. I don't see them making any huge moves. Um, I could see them moving up in the draft if they do have a guy that they really like. But I think this team is going to be patient. I think they're going to sit back. They're going to re-sign their young talent, and they're going to continue to draft and add young players to the roster.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you that it would be one of the ideal situations for San Antonio to move up in this draft. I just don't see it being a possibility though, because there's first of all there's an intense amount of competition already to move up. Yeah, the Knicks want to move up. Uh, the you know the Pacers. We don't know whether what they're going to do move up or down. Detroit is another team. Portland. Um, so and even Washington you know they're they're rumored to want to move up as well so there's already a lot of competition to try to to do that and if you look at this Spurs roster you know outside of maybe future draft picks what exactly are you offering to move up like DeJounte Murray is their best trade piece by far and I don't think they're going to give him up yeah so I I just question how easy it's going to be for them to do that even though I think it would be you know they, and that's the other thing to draft what they really need they probably need to go all the way to the top 3 yep and i that seems like a very difficult thing to do
0: yeah yeah i, I definitely see that you know if if you're a spurs fan if you're part of the spurs organization you got to preach patience you just got to be let greg do his thing let uh you know management do their thing they're great at developing young players And the Spurs will be back in the playoffs in no time. Uh, And I expect them that once they do get back there, they will be there for a long time. Because, like you said earlier, they do things the right way. They don't like to rush it. Um, They draft. They build great franchises, take their time. And uh, so I expect the Spurs to have, you know, maybe not a lackluster offseason, but a pretty slow. uh, I I see them kind of fitting in under the radar Maybe they do compete for a playoff spot next season or a play-in spot oh, they're,
1: again. They're always in the mix for you know, the back end there of the yeah. of the uh, traditional 18 playoff seed or the, the play-in tournament. I think they will be again next year.
0: Yep, I agree. I agree. If you're a Spurs fan, make sure you hit that like button down below. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Calvin and I will be covering the San Antonio Spurs and many other teams this off season, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Also, if you have any comments, uh, concerns, criticism, if you liked or disliked what we said about what the Spurs need to do this offseason, let us know down below in the chat. We would absolutely love to hear from you. No worries, Gothen. It's okay, man, if you don't need to be in the chat. Calvin and I are just, you know, we're here putting in some time. We're going through these rebuilds. Uh we got a lot to talk about. So if you are busy working on other stuff, it's all good. We appreciate you listening. Uh we really do. Definitely. Anything else you want to mention before we jump here into the Clippers and the Pelicans?
1: Uh no, let's keep it rolling.
0: All right. We're going to keep it rolling here. So next up we have the LA Clippers. They finished last season with a 42 and 40 record. They missed their best player in Kawhi Leonard, he was out the entire season, and they missed their second-best player in Paul George in that uh, dreadful play-in game. He was out due to COVID. They lose, and they miss the NBA playoffs. Quite unfortunate if you are a Clippers fan because just like the Lakers, Calvin, they traded almost all yeah. their picks and assets for a player in Paul George. Let's talk about what they can do this offseason Offseason to improve, get back to the NBA playoffs. Before we do that, I just want to touch on the depth chart and the salary cap, and then we can jump right into it. As of right now, the starting point guard is Reggie Jackson. Paul George fills in the two. Kawhi Leonard at the three. Nicholas Batum at the four. And Zubats is at the five. Paul George is under contract for three more seasons. Kawhi Leonard as well. Marcus Morris has got two years left on his contract. Norman Powell's got four years left. Robert Covington was just re-signed. Two more years for him. Luke Kennard has got three years left on his contract. Terrence Mann's got three years left as well. And then we have guys like Reggie Jackson, Zubots, Batum are all entering in the last year of their deal. Rodney Hood and Isaiah Hartenstein are both expiring at the end of this season. Calvin What do you like? What do you dislike about this Clippers team? What can they do to get back to the NBA playoffs and actually become a title favorite like they were just two seasons ago?
1: Well, this team is in a very similar situation, as you already kind of touched on, to the other team in L.A. They've got a ton of money committed to some really, really high-level players who have had issues being healthy and playing games over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. But when they are healthy, you have to like them as one of the better teams, you know, in the Western Conference or in or in the entire league. This is a team that has definitely committed to the new era of small ball. So I, I question, you know, is whether that is the still the philosophy going forward. Um, but uh, like you mentioned, they don't have a first round pick this year. They've got a ton of money committed, so they would probably love to add people in free agency. But again, you know, you only have so much money to spend so uh, this team seems like it's already pretty complete to me I think that they you mentioned they've got a bunch of guys entering the last year of their deal which means next offseason could be the big one for the Clippers where they really go crazy make a bunch of moves Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it let's be honest is just going to depend on what does Kawhi Leonard look like when he comes back if he returns to being one of the top five to seven players in the league, they're in a great spot. Uh, Having him and Paul George healthy, that's a a two-man combo that uh, most teams would only dream of having. Mm -hmm. This is also one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. They shot it absolutely lights out last year. I know you really love Robert Covington, the versatility that he brings defensively, as well as stretching the floor. Um, For me, Nicholas Batum is is the one like, Real easy uh, or easiest, I guess, quick fix I can make with this team. Trying to re-sign him to maybe a multi-year deal or at least hoping that he opts in for the last year of his contract because, again, his versatility, uh, the defensive versatility that he brings on this team is really underrated, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Brandon Boston Jr. is another intriguing young player. Terrence Mann has had his moments. So I think this team is honestly going to be pretty set Roster wise, already moving in next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. This team uh, is pretty set for next year. They already have 170 million dollars committed towards next year's salary. Uh, you know, you're building around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's crazy, man. You know, Kawhi Leonard's only 30 years old. Like yeah. that is hard to stomach because the guy's been in the finals for like multiple teams. They got multiple trophies, and he's only 30 years old. Missed the entire last. Season so him coming back is going to be absolutely key for this Clippers team But yeah, I mean you look at the roster George Leonard Morris Powell Covington uh, Kennard, they're all locked up long term. I expect all these guys to return to this team If I were to look at one position that I think needs improvement or that I think this Clippers team has I guess downgraded at since they were the title favorite to win it and that's the point guard position I know you like Reggie Jackson. I'm not a huge Reggie Jackson fan. I, I'm just not. I think uh, if I were to compare him to like an NFL player, it'd be a guy that excels during the regular season and falls apart in the playoffs. And he was
1: really big for them in the playoffs he, two years ago.
0: I know he was, and he had an amazing season last year sixteen point eight points per game. But I, I feel like they need a Rondo. They need a Pat Beverly. They need a guy like that to play the point on this team. They really do. Rondo's a free agent. Uh, We mentioned him potentially going to Boston, re-signing with uh, the Cavaliers, or could potentially come to a team like the Clippers and play exceptionally well. If I'm the Clippers, I'm looking to upgrade that point guard position, and that's not going to be easy. Uh, we we don't have the draft pick, right, and you can't trade consecutive draft picks, so the Clippers don't have a draft pick to trade for a while. Reggie Jackson's entering the last year of his deal at $11 million. I'm not sure how good of a trade ship he really is, but if it's me, that's really the only position I'm trying to improve on this roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, yes, I, ideally. We, we've we already heard um, rumors this offseason Around the Clippers, involving guys like John Wall, um, and yep. you know other high uh, or, or high-caliber names of point guard players. But again, I, you talked, about, you said it best: upgrading at the position. To me, Rondo or Pat Beverly is not an upgrade over Reggie Jackson, yep. especially if Jackson is the third option on my team offensively. I love him in that role, mm-hmm. so I, I I wouldn't necessarily like it like to see them exchange Reggie Jackson for one of those guys. The only other position that we haven't talked about at all is center. What are, what are they going to do here with Zubats who has a team option for next year outside of him? They don't really have any big men on this team. Yep. So that's maybe my number one priority. This offseason is either finding out a way to keep Zubats or do we go out and, and look for his replacement before I address point guard.
0: Yeah, I like Zubats a lot. I also like Hartenstein, who's expiring at the end of this season, so we'll probably not be back next year with the team. Yeah, I I don't think you swap Reggie Jackson for Rondo right away because Reggie Jackson makes significantly more uh, uh, money than Rondo. But I'd be happy to bring Rondo as as maybe a compliment. Maybe you start Rondo or maybe you start Reggie Jackson and you bring Rondo in at times. Uh, But you're right. The center position is tricky for them. Zubats has played exceptionally well, um, but it's, they're pretty thin at that position. So if, Very. if Zubats is and, out— And that's by design. Yeah. If Zubats is out, who do they play? If Hartenstein doesn't return, do you play Robert Covington? He's the third-string center on this team. And the second-string power forward, you're already small with Batum out there. Um, so you're right. It's a small lineup team. I love the 3-and-D ball. But, uh, that could be maybe they something go out and to get, get them.
1: uh P. J. Tucker to play center, yeah, like the Rockets did. What about Rudy Gobert? <laughs> I I mean, you're going to have to give up so much to get him. yeah they don't have any draft picks to trade either that I don't see that as a viable
0: option. I mean, you could give up if you're just trying to match salary, you could give up Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, and Reggie Jackson, or Luke Kennard and match salary.
1: That changes the style that this team plays so much. It does. And you're giving up a bunch of your, uh, you know, either starting or high minute per game players. Definitely. At at the wing position. But think about the defense
0: on that team. If you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, and Rudy Gobert all starting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you keep Luke Kennard, who was – the best shooter, I think, percentage-wise on this team last year He was leading the league at one point for, for a while. It's it's an interesting idea. Um, but again, I, I go back to what Utah is, is asking right now for Rudy Gobert. Too much. And the Clippers don't have that available to give.
0: Yep, yep. I think we're going to see this Clippers team basically come back, throw the exact same lineup out here as last year. They're just – you know, they want health. That's all they want. Yeah. They want their best player in Kawhi Leonard. It's amazing that they played as well as they did last season without Kawhi Leonard. But as soon as Kawhi Leonard is back, this team is a completely different team. And hopefully he is back because we haven't heard anything from him, <laughs> good or bad. Yeah.
1: Well, we did actually hear a, a couple of very faint rumors that he might be ready for the playoffs if the Clippers were able to sneak in there. Who knows? Maybe that was actually a blessing in disguise that he didn't make a return and he can come back even more ready to play by uh, the start of next season.
0: Yeah, very true. Any last, uh, last words on the Clippers here? Yeah, uh,
1: you know, I, I think we, we both set it, set it the way that, it, that it's going to be for this team. They're, they're sticking with what they got, sticking to their guns. Uh, yep. They don't have a lot of flexibility here to make any serious moves or changes, I think.
0: If you are a Clippers fan, make sure you hit that like button down below. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Calvin and I will be covering the LA Clippers and many other teams this offseason and into next season. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, if you liked or disliked what Calvin and I said as far as what they need to do this offseason, let us know down below in the comments. We would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into the final team of the day. This team went 36-46 and in the regular season. They snuck into the playoffs. And many of them were picking them to win the very first round of the NBA playoffs against a number one seed. This is the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's talk about what they can do to improve this offseason and make it back into the NBA playoffs and compete for a title next year. Before we jump into our discussion here, I want to give us uh, some things to think about. First off, let's talk about the depth chart. They got C.J. McCollum starting at point, Brandon Ingram at the two, Herb Jones at the three, Zion at the four, and Jonas Valanciunas at the five. This is according to ESPN's depth chart. And as far as the salary cap goes, they currently have $141 million committed to next season. They got C.J. McCollum under contract for two more years. Same with Jonas Valanciunas. Brandon Ingram and Devonte Graham are both locked up for three more years. Zion Williamson and Larry Nance Jr. are both entering in the last year of their contract. Same with Jackson Hayes, Garrett Temple, uh, Kira Lewis, and Trey Murphy also have a couple years left on their deal. Tony Smell is, Snell is expiring, and Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, Herbert Jones, Marshall, Alvarado, and Clark all have a couple years left on their deal as well. So, Calvin, I ask you, what can the Pelicans do to improve this offseason?
1: This team is probably the the best, uh, you know, outlook team of, of any of the teams that we've talked about this season. Barring, of course, the, you know, the Lakers and Clippers being 100% healthy, I think New Orleans is uh, you know, one of the, the fastest-rising teams right now in the league. You already Definitely. mentioned they came very close to upsetting the Phoenix Suns in the first round. That C.J. McCollum trade was probably the best deal that any team made this trade deadline of last season. And you're now going to get back Zion Williamson, hopefully, healthy <laughs> on, on day one of next year's uh, regular season. I love Valanchunas. Ingram th- this team's starting lineup is all of a sudden stacked and loaded they, they have a very very positive outlook for next year and they've got a bunch of uh, You know young players that I think are really exciting for them They're still really high on Kyra Lewis jr. Who missed? Uh, you know, I think it was all if not the majority of last season with an ACL injury uh, Trey Murphy has looked really really good at times for them 24 games last, last year day. 24 games. Okay, uh Trey Murphy's looked really good for them at times. Great outside shooter. And then Herb Jones was maybe one of the steals of the draft. His uh, defensive versatility, he really shined in the postseason. So I think this team is is very happy with where they are currently. Now you look at ways that they can improve immediately. They've got the eighth pick, thanks to the L.A. Lakers, in this year's draft. I think the ideal situation for them would be uh, Dyson Daniels falling to them at eight a guy that they can um, y- You know point guard is probably I would say my biggest question mark for this team is mm-hmm. CJ McCollum The guy that you want to play that position full-time Does Kyra Lewis jr. Come back in and take that starting position? Um, they've got Devonte Graham in there as well. He's kind of a combo guard Jose so, GTA uh, Jose as well but I think Dyson Daniels, because of his versatility at the guard spot, he's uh, he grew to six eight this year, can handle the ball, really, really good passer, great shooter, high IQ player. That would be, I think, the ideal pick for them. Um, if not, you know, I look for them to take any one of these guys, Ben Matherin, Shaden mm-hmm. Sharp, maybe. Again, you know, you can take – a risk on a guy like Shaden Sharp for a team that's got their starting lineup, who's been falling, really solidified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharp's
0: been falling in the draft.
1: He has. So I think they're they're in a really good position to be drafting where they're at, based on the fact that they've they're just looking to fill out the bench at this yep. point. Their starting lineup is set. I think they could really use the the easiest way for them to improve the fastest would be to get a legit six man. Yep. Um And part of that equation is who who is in your starting lineup, you know, like I mentioned, is it going to be CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram in the backcourt or are those guys going to be, you know, more of a the wing positions and then you add a point guard outside of that. So Devante Graham um, could certainly be a six-man type role player, but if they're able to add another guy like You know, uh, uh, Victor Oladipo, for example. I don't Mm -hmm. know how realistic that is, but if you had somebody like that coming off your bench, that that would be a pretty legit addition.
0: Yeah, yeah, this team has a ton of talent on it. And similar to the Clippers, their biggest need this offseason is just to get healthy, right? They need their best player in Zion Williamson to be back on the court. Looking here at this starting lineup, They're running a pretty uh, unconventional starting lineup, right? CJ at the point guard, a guy they picked up last year at the trade deadline, who is not traditionally a point guard. However, when he was with Portland, there were people. Played
1: a lot of point guard in
0: college. Yeah, there were people that were like, does CJ fit with Damian Lillard? They're both small guards that can handle the ball. He seems to be going back to his roots from college and playing point guard with them. Brandon Ingram at the two. I don't see him as a two-guard also. I see him as as maybe playing the three or the four. But when you have so many wings uh, on this team, you have Herb Jones, you have Zion, you're kind of forced to play Brandon Ingram at the two here. And then Jonas Valanciunas, a huge pickup for them, uh, has played exceptionally well at the center. We talked about point guard, and you're right. Like if CJ is starting at the point guard, you're extremely deep. You have... Jose Grand Theft Alvarado, one of my new favorite players, Devontae Graham and Kyra Lewis, all fighting for that position. This team, to me, seems kind of like a 2K team that's been building through the draft and had some bad luck, where they've taken excellent players, and the players have either been injured, like mostly injured, or they just haven't, I guess, added to wins, as far as like how valuable that player really is. So they end up stacking all these talents. They don't have enough starting spots for all these guys. And maybe it's time for them to kind of trade up to improve some of these positions. We saw it last year with CJ McCollum. They traded up to get a guy like CJ McCollum, not in the draft, but in terms of like trading multiple players for a better player. I could see something like that similar happen, but uh, this team is absolutely stacked with talent. In the starting five and there's a ton of guys that are available on the bench It's just like you mentioned who is going to step up and be that Six man. I'm not quite sure
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the I think the biggest question mark for this team, but it there It's a good problem to have like you said they're they're all of a sudden loaded They're deep probably two or three deep at almost every
0: position. Yep Yeah, they got jackson hayes. We didn't even talk about jackson hayes and Whatever stuff he's dealing with but uh was just a first round pick i think pick number 9 or 10 just a few years ago yeah i thought he was 8 even maybe 8 yeah um so this team has a, a ton of talent um and just like the clippers and and i guess you you could say um throw the spurs in here as well i don't see them making many moves this off season yeah. they just need to get healthy and they need to continue to develop uh this young talent because they have a lot of young talent on this team
1: they do i see this team a lot like the memphis grizzlies with how quickly they rose mm-hmm. in the standings this season you know if zion is healthy um, they're a, a very physical team they love to play this this full court or three-quarter court press speed teams up play really really fast and uh, if brandon ingram you know continues to develop into a, a star player alongside a healthy Zion Williamson,
0: the sky's the limit for this team, honestly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you are a Pelicans fan, please hit that like button down below. Please subscribe to the channel. Calvin and I will be discussing the New Orleans Pelicans and many other teams this offseason and into next season here on the channel. We're also giving away a Fanatics gift card for $250. Make sure you guys check out the channel for that. We'd love to hear from you guys. So if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, if you liked or disliked any of the things that Calvin and I said as far as what the Pelicans need to do to improve this offseason, let us know down below in the comments. We would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, Calvin. So we got all four of those teams out of the way. The last thing that we are scheduled to talk about today is... The NBA draft, real quick, any any uh, movement you've noticed here in the top 10 or so? I know I mentioned Shaden Sharp's been falling on a lot of people's draft boards. Any other things you've noticed?
1: Well, outside of picks one through three, you know, which we kind of have an expectation of what will happen in those first three picks, four through... <laughs> basically 30, yep. Um, but really four through like, you know, 11 or 12 is a total crapshoot. I mean, it, it matters. There's so many things going on outside of which pla- prospect do you like the best at six? You know, there's what's Indiana going to do? The Kings um, are that fourth pick is probably one of the most coveted, if not the most coveted pick in this year's draft. A lot of teams are trying to get into that spot. What's Portland going to do? Uh, the Wizards, the Knicks want to move up, so I think when you are trying to predict, you know, what players going to go to which team, it's it's incredibly difficult to tell right now because you don't even know what team is going to be picking at what spot.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we're definitely going to see. some Not to mention, there.
1: there's you know, picks like five through ten, very similar styles of player mm-hmm. at all of those spots. Yep. A, a ton of wing players. Athletic guys good shooters. Um, it, you know they're. it's not a uh, well. We really want this big man here it, it, It's a very evenly dispersed group of players across those positions So it's really going to come down to, you know, whichever team's picking who do you like more at,
0: at that yep. spot? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, one thing we mentioned about the Spurs, right is like if you need a big man you should probably be in the top three yeah. if you don't need a big man. If you need a wing or or a shooting guard, like, you're pretty stoked because there are a ton of different guys available that do a lot of the same things. We have the NBA draft is officially on Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Calvin and I will be here on the channel doing our normal daily show and then we will be live on royal rebounds to cover the draft as it happens, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We will be posting those videos very soon, so you can hit the notification bell and get reminded real quick calvin best player in the draft
1: oh man that's that's a tough one always right? It's yeah. always a really tough one um, and I think this year it's really more of a question mark you know you could ask probably. 20 pe- different people this question, and you might get 15 different answers. <laughs> like it, it's maybe 15 is too high, but there there's a lot of different ans- ways you can go with this pick. I think a lot of teams think Jaden Ivey has the highest potential perhaps in this draft. Of course, people love Chet Holmgren. He's been talked about as the top player in this draft class for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have these guys that are super wild cards. Like n- nobody really knows what Shaden Sharp is going to look like. Yep. But he has the tools and the potential to be the best player in this class as well. He was the number one rated player in high school coming out. So it, it's that's a very tough question to answer. And I think a lot of it is going to depend on team need. Yeah. You know, as opposed to uh, this guy just stands head and shoulders above the rest.
0: I mean, I feel like there's a lot of years where we're kind of in the same situation, right? Where we're looking at the draft. We're like, okay, I like the things that this person does. I don't like these things. And then as soon as like summer league starts, as soon as like preseason starts, you just see like one or two guys where you're like, how did I not know this guy is by far way better than everybody else, right? Like you can see it on the court that they're just such a different type of player we're starting to see more of these you know workouts and stuff like that, but I haven't really seen a guy that completely stands out from from the herd other than Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren.
1: yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one player who who is going to have the
0: best career right now, I would go with Holmgren, yeah, I would, yeah, he's definitely the unicorn for me uh in my book, that's for sure. Jaden Ivey also has a bright future as well. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, guys, we're going to open it up to Q&A. I know there's only three of you guys watching right now live. But uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and drop them here in the chat. Calvin and I have answers. And then we'll end the show. I'm getting kind of hungry, Calvin. So (laughs) I'm excited to go get some food. Any other things you wanted to mention as far as current news in the NBA, what's going on with one of these four teams that we're rebuilding or anything in regards to the draft? I There's so much stuff
1: flying around right now, and, and it's only going to increase here in the next 24 to to 72 hours, right, as we get closer to the draft. So uh, there's uh, there's so much out there to talk about. To me, the interesting thing is, how much of it is just white noise and how much of it is actually gonna happen.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely exciting. Most people, you know, once the NBA season is over, once their team gets eliminated or after the finals are over, they just kind of tune out the NBA for a couple months. We're not some of those people. We're here, <laughs> we're talking about it every day. And I'm excited. There's some times where I love the off season more than I like the regular season. Part of that is because I'm a Kings fan, and our regular seasons have (laughs) not been very entertaining uh, for the past 10-plus seasons. But I love just building the teams. I love the salary cap stuff. I love the draft. I just love trying to figure out how these guys all fit in together and how to build a team. Because, you know, it's, it's not always best players win, you know, if you were to just take the best player at every position and put them all together on one team, it's not always the best team. So fits. Hard important. work beats talent. Yeah. Hard work's important. All that stuff is important. What's up, Ivan. It's good to see you here. Uh, shout out to all my Kings fans out there. So yeah, there are all these other things that go into building a team. Everyone, you know, you look at the Warriors and you're like, wow, Steph Curry did it again, NBA championship, but it's really more than Steph Curry. And I don't want to take anything away from him, um, but it's really more than that, right? There's ownership, there's uh, management, there's coaching, there's building this team that many people would say took three years. It it did not. It took over 10 years to build this team, uh, drafting players and developing and creating systems and cultures all very important and they are part of that a very small each one is a very small part of that championship trophy so it it takes a lot to achieve that and i love seeing the off season because that's really where it all starts and that's where where it's really all built right the regular season is important but the off season is where where it's all built for sure all right guys any questions before we wrap up here calvin so tomorrow Wow, that's a bold prediction. Two chips in the next 10 years for <laughs> Sacramento. I hope so, Gotham. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. And you move back to Sacramento. That's really cool, man. Hopefully we can uh, catch up next time. I think Calvin and I were trying to plan uh, to make opening night in Sacramento next season. So Yeah,
1: we, we definitely hope to.
0: That would be pretty awesome. Also, we tried... We tried our hardest to make it to the NBA draft uh, this season on Thursday. I would have had a wonderful time. I would have been at NFT NYC right now, Ape Fest, and then the NBA draft in Brooklyn. But it's okay. We're here in the studio. We're here for you guys, and we're having fun. All right, Calvin, I think it's time to wrap it up. Anything else you want to mention?
1: Thanks for watching. It's going to be a a whirlwind of a week here for for every NBA fan, if yep. if your team's in the lottery, that's for sure.
0: Very, very true. Also, want to mention to you guys, please subscribe to the channel. Please hit the notification bell because you know we've been doing Monday through Friday streams here live for the past uh, two months or so. We're gonna be changing things up a little bit because of the off season, because of the new schedule, stuff like that. Calvin and I are going to be putting out some individual content as well. That way we can get it out to you guys quicker in terms of like breaking news and events that happen, and you can hear our our opinion. So make sure you guys hit the notification bell, and you'll be notified every time we post a new video and every time we schedule a new video as well. So that's very, very important. We will see you guys all soon. And don't forget, yes, we are having the draft party on Thursday on Royal Rebounds. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hopefully you enjoy your Monday and don't forget to tip your bartender.